The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. We're glad you found us. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Empower yourself and get inspired to build the life of your dreams. Welcome to Everyday Peace with Dr. Drayvon James. Welcome to Everyday Peace with Dr. Drayvon James. I am super excited today because we have a fabulous guest on today, Marilyn Shannon. And she is going to do what all of her guests do. She's going to help us explore a life of peace. Peace defined as wholeness, completeness, nothing missing, nothing broken, totality. And we all come at this from so many different angles, but really that's the goal. That is the goal. While we're together in this space right now, what we're doing is cultivating our minds, our hearts, and our spirits. We're getting in one accord and we're getting in balance. We're using this time to be in balance and to explore this concept of living a life of peace every day. My goodness, it feels so good just to just to think about that. And I hope it does for you too. It shouldn't feel overwhelming. This is coming from a space of organicness. We're meant to live this way. Everything else, everything else is uh, contraindicated <laughs> to the way we're supposed to live. So this life of peace and if you don't think it's possible, I'm here to tell you that yes, it is possible. Yes, it is to live a life of peace. You don't need to go off and meditate 23 out of 24 hours a day. You don't got to leave your job right where you are in the family that you're in and the life situation that you're in. It's possible to live a life of peace every day. And here on this show, we work together to bring you the topics and the guests to partner with you as you create your life of peace every day. So I am welcoming to our show, Marilyn Shannon, who is, it's just a delight to have her on the show. I'm gonna tell you a, a little bit about her. Um, she is a coach, we're gonna hear a lot about that, a journalist, a speaker, and Marilyn Shannon is the author of a book series called In Just One Afternoon. Listening to the into the hearts of different variety of people. We're going to talk about that. She explores specific groups of people and how their lives, relationships, stories, and more can be applied to all of us. Her goal is to provide a collection of stories and insights that can be read quickly and change your life. Now, there's a few things about this whole series that excites me. First and foremost, uh, when I graduated from pharmacy school 30 years ago, someone gave me uh, some book of some collections of books I like to read. I've been exploring the concept of peace since I was about eight, 17 years old. And someone at my graduation party gave me a book by John Donne. And I remember reading this passage. I'm going to try to quote it. No man is an island unto itself, but is part of a man, part of a whole. So we're, we're a fraction of a whole. And I like this concept of this book series because it really points that out is that we are meant to one another each other through our life's experience not to isolate and go off and you know whether it's something that we 
society says, oh, you should be ashamed of that. And, you, you know, how could you be so weak? How could you be so vulnerable? No, that's part of your powerful story. And it's lovely if we come together some kind of way, especially in this form where she interviews people, she tells their story for them. We get the advantage of learning from them. Isn't that wonderful? So I love this book series for that reason. And then secondly, I love the fact that they're like tiny books. I am in love with tiny books. I have been so since about 17 when I read uh, The Power of Positive Thinking by Norman Vincent Peale, a tiny book that was packed with information. So I want to welcome Marilyn Shannon to the Everyday Peace Show. Thank you for being here today. Well, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited. Yeah, yeah, I'm excited to have you and just just the work that you do. And I want to start off, as I often do, with our guests who have such interesting backgrounds like yours. Before we jump into the book series, I want to just get to know you a little bit and your motivation, where you come from, where you've been, how did you become this great woman who's doing such great work in the universe? Oh, thank you. I love how you described me. (laughs) All all true. (laughs) Thank you. So how far back do you want me to go? As far as you want to take us. Take us on a journey. Okay. Well, let's see. I was born in Brooklyn, New York, and I was raised in Queens. I went to Syracuse University and majored in public communication, you know, which, which back then was speaking and things like that, public address. And I found myself in North Carolina. And I often will say, if you can make it in New York, obviously you can make it anywhere. And I always felt that I, I could because of what New York gave me. I lived in Manhattan when I graduated college. I you know, I had that Manhattan life. But I've always been the, a person who always thought I could. But I think the same for everybody. I, I think we all can. Sometimes we need a little help. Sometimes we need a little push. Sometimes we even need a little shove. But we all can. And I always felt that I could. And I don't let life stop me. So I found myself in North Carolina. And when I look back, I see the different jobs I had or the different positions I found myself in. I I feel that they were all super connected, even when they looked very different. They were all for a reason. And now when I coach, I will often tell a new client, I sit in my chair ethically because I've had a life. I have that life experience, work experience to do what I do. It's not to say that I have all the answers. It's not to say that I know everything, but I have had enough experiences that have delighted me and have given me the chills to know, you know, about life. And so I'm an invitation for wherever somebody is because of the combination of delight, chills, and that I sit in my my chair ethically. I think that's a really good combination to, you know, welcome anybody no matter where they are in their life and to be able to see the dream, the journey, the hope, and the possibilities, no matter what. 
I love that because I want to just, I love it. I sit in my chair ethically. I've not heard that phrase before, but I absolutely love it. And I got to tell you that I have a huge respect for people who have walked the walk and been in the journey. And it makes such a big difference. I, I've been in healthcare for 30 years and I teach a mentor at a local university in pharmacy for pharmacy students. I've been a pharmacist for 30 years. And I still remember a lot of times when these students come through, I tell myself, I remember the first day that I actually worked as an actual pharmacist. Like this is my license, this is my advice. And I was 22 years old. What did I know about anything? And then, but you know, I had a lot of book smarts and I look back and I worked with the pharmacist for many, many years who back when he went to pharmacy school, of course, all of us had been in pharmacy school. The program was so long and extended, but when he went to pharmacy school way back when, he was a really old guy, it was two years and think I think two years of an apprenticeship or something like that. But I learned more from him and his life experience than I learned from any textbook and he really, it was because of him, and I modeled my practice that I was working in community pharmacy at the time. After everything I saw this guy do, everything, the way he talked, everything. And, you know, and then I matched it with what I got from school. But when, when in doubt, I went back to what this gentleman did and how he showed me. And so I have a huge appreciation for life experience. Textbook stuff can take you so far, but, you know, uh, my mom used to say, life can show you better than I can tell you. And I believe that about a, a mentor and a coach. If they've walked mm -hmm. that walk, they can really help you navigate some things that you never, you couldn't get it from a textbook. You couldn't get it from an article. You really have to have lived that. So thank you for that. I'll never forget that phrase. Mm -hmm. I sit in my chair ethically. I love it. Thank you. So, and my niece graduated from Syracuse University too, so I know that um, university very very well beautiful location yeah cold, yes cold. it is <laughs> yes it is yes it is you have this um the little engine that could spirit which i also mm -hmm. have that so i i am so akin to that i truly do believe that some kind of way i always knew i would make it mm -hmm. right and it's easy to say that when you look back over stuff you, you say oh yeah I can remember my brother telling me one time I was a senior, I was in college, a freshman, and he was a senior in high school. And he had this really difficult professor. And I said, oh yeah, I remember him. I said, it's really not that bad. He goes, well, easy for you to say, <laughs> you, mm. you're not in it. But I remember you crying over this guy's test. I said, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, so it's easy to look back and say, oh yeah, I always knew that I could, could make it. But the evidence of that is that you didn't quit when things get really, really tough, and they do get tough for everybody at some point in your life, on some point in the journey, there gets a point when you get in the middle of the ocean of this thing and you say, you know what, uh, this is really too hard. This is, and you gotta make that decision. Do I think I can? And it, you know, you're saying the same thing that I said. I was a little engine who believed that I could, no matter what. I'm gonna take one more stroke, one more backstroke, belly flop, whatever I have to do to get to the next level. So where do you think you got that kind of mentality from? What was it? What was it? Was there one singular thing in your life that proved to you that, yes, I am that little engine who could, no matter what happens? Well, I, I really believe uh, it, it, it stems from my parents because they never really told me I couldn't. 
Mm. And I and I, I never and because I never I never even asked them sometimes. Sometimes I would do things or want to go places and I didn't even ask. I just did and, and they trusted me. Oh. And they never stopped me. And I think that's key. And my mother I have to say my mother is going to be 95 in June. My mother is a twin, and they're both alive and driving and driving their children what? nuts. But, yeah, <laughs> and they, they're twins, and they're amazing, and our family's getting ready to plan their 95th birthday party. And you wouldn't believe if you saw my mother and my aunt that they would even be close to 95, but they are. And I, and, and if you ask my mother what keeps her young, she'll say attitude. And I, I feel that that definitely had a bearing on me. And, you know, my mother's always been a visionary, a dreamer. And I, and I really feel that that has supported me, you know, through my life. But, you know, I also believe that, you know, there have all these situations and events that have occurred in my life. You know, I was always surrounded by people who were positive. I also, I make up a lot of words myself. I make up quotes because they fit. And I've always told my clients, when you go with the flow of the river, there's going to be people along the flow that will give you a helping hand. You know, those are the gifts, the people who reassure you, the people who help with the little shoves and the little thises and the little thats. But if you go against the flow of the river, watch out. Things don't work out well. But when you go morally in a loving, kind way, and you do your very, very best, for the most part, they're going to be gifts. And I have been a listener, a life listener, which I think is the most important thing you can do in life close to breathing. If you don't listen, if you don't breathe, you're going to die. If you don't listen, you're going to die too. And life is always giving us messages, information, clues, gifts, people, situations. It gives us all of those things. And it's important to tune in to what we don't see as much as what we do see and to oh, listen. Yes. Mm. Yeah, I, I so got to A combination, huh? Yeah, I got to agree with you. It's important to pay attention to what you see and what you don't see. Very, very important. I didn't mean to cut you off. Go right ahead. But that is so key. That is so key. What you don't see is just as important as what you do see. Look, I'm I'm used to people cutting me off. And I sometimes (laughs) cut people off. So you know what? It's all good. (laughs) Go ahead. I don't want want you to lose your train of thought. (laughs) No, No, it's okay. If I do... Then something else will come. I'm, I'm not, you know, you said earlier about peace. Well, we gotta, we gotta find it, and it's not always going to be handed to you on a silver platter from someone. You've got to find it, create it, establish it, dig for it yourself. And, you know, what, what, you know, I, here's the thing. This may not be the best of analogies, but when you go shopping and you see something you absolutely love to, you just absolutely want to have. But maybe that day you don't have the money. 
And it hurts to leave that thing there, but you have to. And what you can realize is, you know what? There have been a lot of things that I've loved, and there'll be more that I love. So if it's not this next week or two weeks or a month from now and I have the money, I'll find something else that I love. So, you know, we have to look at life kind of like that. And people are in our lives for a reason, and listening and connecting all of those dots help us find, be in, understand, learn, and and uh, in, in in life about peace. Absolutely. And I can't, you know, you know, go ahead. I, I want to go back to something that you said, because I really want our listeners to get that part where you said your mom, people often ask your mom, what is her secret? You know, 95 years, that's significant, still driving, even more significant, and not just her, but her twin too. So you, when, that, mm-hmm. when a person in that great state tells you something, you really got to stop and say, okay, how can I duplicate this? So she says that attitude keeps you young. And mm-hmm. I, I, I believe that, you know, attitude really plays a big part in how we experience our life's journey, our attitude about everything. So one thing I heard you say was positive, having a positive attitude. Uh, and I, you know, that's the last half full kind of attitude and i i'm often when i work with people i often get this uh, uh, because i believe i have a positive attitude i believe that some pretty tough things happen and they happen not only in my life in your life they happen in everybody's life it's a different thing but it's just as tough for that particular person at that particular junction in their life and being able to look back and say oh yeah well, I remember a year ago, this other really tough thing happened to me. And gosh, I made it through that. And I look back two years ago, and that tough thing happened to me, and I made it through that. So it's a series of tough things that have happened to me or happened in my life or happened to the people that I love. And look, we've made it through those things. Now, that's one positive way to look back on it. But yeah. I frequently yeah. hear people say, it's always something. Every time I turn around, I can't catch a break, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> and it's, it's the same scenario, but a different attitude. When you flip that attitude, mm-hmm. you know, look at these things that have come up in, the, in this journey, and I'm still standing. I'm still thriving. How amazing is this? So when this tough thing shows up and tough things show up all of the time, that's true. But you can look back and say, yeah, I got this. And I don't even know how I have to have it because the universe does not require me to know the how. That's not my job. I don't have to figure out the particulars. I just got to know that it's handled and move forward. And no matter how it turns out, I'm going to be fine. Right. Right. Well, I often, yes, and I often tell people, listen backwards. Connect it, listen backwards, listen to what happened, listen to what the result of what happened, listen to even some of the the things that, you know, you didn't like, listen to what the result was, what did you learn, listen backwards, how can you take that experience and use it today to better your life, listen backwards, And, and, and things will, you know, your life will tell you something, the situations you've been in, the people you've met, you know, sometimes... I remember, you know, wanting to buy a house once, and I loved this house. And we went to put an offer in it, and it had like two or three offers, and we said, forget it. And it was looked like the perfect house. We come to find out that the street that this house was on was going to be, like, broken through. 
and it was be, it was going to become a major thoroughfare, which was not the kind of street I wanted to live on. But in the moment, I didn't know that. And, you know, when I look back now, I can see how I I was frustrated. I was, you know, all of those things. But I now I see that the universe was taking care of me. So you've got we we are in relationship with each other, the planet, the earth, the everything under the sun and beyond the sun. And we don't yes. know everything that's in store for us. So we have to listen to what there is. Otherwise, we're going against the law of nature. That doesn't yes. mean we we always get to sit on our sofa and wait for things to happen. That's not how it works. You have to listen for the time when you get to sit on your sofa and wait for things to happen. And at other times, you have to listen to be the tool to make something happen. You're absolutely right. And I love that how, you know, that's something that I know a listener somewhere and sometime is struggling with right now. Wanting something, doing the work to make that something happen, and then having it not come to be realized in your life. And you don't know right now what you don't know. You don't. Right. And it right. is much, and I love that example. You know, you think you look for a house, you find this house in your heart. So, you know, and we can, we can relate that to everything. You look for a relationship, you thought this relationship was it. And with this person completed you, and then bloop. It, it doesn't work out for one reason or, or another. And you really have to accept, I, I really want people to get this point, to really accept that when you have done what you said, when you've, when you've acted in love, you've done your best, and when the universe says, um, you know, at this point in time, this particular thing is a no. It's no at this point in time. To not take that as the universe hating on you, that's love. It's almost like a parent. You know, I have two teenagers, one in college, one one in high school. And, you know, in as much as possible as a mom, I've tried to say yes. But there have been those times when I've had to say no, absolutely not. And I can't make a 15-year-old understand where the no is coming from. It's like the universe, right? Because you've been around for a long time. It knows what's around the corner. And it knows that no matter how many explanations you're giving, you're not going to understand today how this a yes in this particular area will negatively impact your existence 20 years from today. You may have to cry this one out, but in those tears, know that the universe, whatever you want to call it, divine spirit, is working on your behalf. Just like parents, you know, it's absolutely mm-hmm. no, you can't get in the car full of teenage boys. I'm sorry. He just got his license three weeks ago. <laughs> you know, I can't make you right. understand how foolish that, how foolish that sounds. Right? right. But, you know, it's all of these things and these are loving acts and it's really difficult, especially those of us who, who feel like, you know, I'm, I'm acting morally. This is something good to desire. I'm moving in a loving and kind way. And the universe has said no to that particular thing. For some reason that you may discover, like Marilyn talked about, she discovered about the house down. But it's got to be tears at the time. That's the house. Then all this work, saved up the money. That's what I want. And, you know, so 
I really want to put that out there for anyone who may be in that particular place in time right now where you're not understanding why the universe is coming back with look what looks like a no. It looks like, oh my goodness, you're being punished. Sometimes that's absolute love. Right. And and let me add, I'd like to add that I heard this, uh, it's not exactly a quote, but it was more of a statement or a way of acknowledging things that, you know, I mean, a parent, a mother, let's say, for instance, a woman, isn't going to give birth to a child intentionally for that child to suffer. Well, the universe has not given birth to all of us to intentionally have us suffer. So it is up to us to, you know, check, to see, to listen to how we're showing up. And the reality or the the surrealism of things and how, and putting them all together and doing our best to come come away with something and comprehend what the story really is. And to, to ask, you know, sometimes it's as simple as asking a question. You know, you might get a no, but maybe we're being asked to ask a question. You know, maybe we're being tested. Maybe we're being enticed. I mean, we, there are certain skills that we um, have to acquire to be at our best selves and to be able to use the universe for, our, like I like to say, for our uh, most fulfilling human experience. And it, we have to do some of the work. And that means digging down and finding yeah. out, is it all no or, you know, or is it just a piece of a no, but somebody said no. But maybe there's a piece of that that can change. We don't know. We have to ask. And we, we have to use our own power to make things happen. And And that's the part I think that is, gets a little confusing for us mere mortals, right? Is that, and when the push, you know, we don't want to feel like we're pushing, when to accept, how to remain in flow, right? Those are questions that I get frequently from people. And I, and if I were totally honest, I, I stop all throughout my journey in, in my day even, and ask myself, okay, where are we in this? If you definitely do your best. We're going to come back after this break, and we're going to explore a little about, about that, and we're going to discuss in just one afternoon. Your life could change. We'll be back uh, with Marilyn Shannon after this commercial break. Thanks for joining us. This is Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Create and build the life of your dreams. Welcome back to Everyday Peace with Dr. Drayvon James. Welcome back to Everyday Peace. We have a fabulous guest with us today, the author of the series In Just One Afternoon, Marilyn Shannon. And we're talking about, right before the break, the difference between uh, being controlling 
and learning to let go and accept. And before we get right back in there, I want to give you this information about what's going on with Dr. Drayvon James. And I am super excited to announce that I am teaching at the Institute for Leadership and Lifelong Learning. It's an online academy, university. And I have a course that's on there now called the 2020 Clarity Course. If you all will remember that in the beginning of 2020, I offered a free, which is still available for free if you email me, uh, a free seven-day challenge course, if you will, Called the 2020 Clarity Challenge. Just getting your mind ready, putting you in the mindset of developing and cultivating a life where you can receive. You can receive. Marilyn mentioned something very key at the beginning of our show. She said it's important what you see and what you don't see. Or equally as important when you're carving out your, and I will say, your next level of greatness, your existence in the now, what you see and what you don't see is equally important. How you interpret or your perception is very, very important. So this 2020 Clarity Challenge is designed to open up those parts of our visionary self that have been closed off for in, for a number of reasons, you know, for a, there are a number of reasons in understanding how our thought processes work. So I encourage you to um, take uh, the free course, if you like, and, which is the Clarity Challenge course. It is a seven day. You can access that by sending me your information, just your email address and requesting 2020 Clarity Challenge. And you can email me at info at drdravonjames.com. And, um, or you can contact the Institute for Leadership and Lifelong Learning right away and check out some of their awesome courses that are all online. So it's a great way for us to really develop a community of everyday peacemakers. And as one of us improves and reaches for our goals and gets some clarity on our life's journey, it impacts your community, your family, and the world at large. I absolutely believe that. So Marilyn, before the break, we were talking about this concept that I know a lot of people I speak with, including myself, um, sometimes have to stop in my tracks and I have to say, okay, am I being controlling? Meaning, am I trying to push my agenda on the universe? Right? Um, mm -hmm. Or am I being, what's the word? Conscientious. Right. You know, I, I, well, I don't want to be lazy and apathetic. I want to be participatory in my growth and development. But there's a fine line. How do you know when you're when you're in the flow and when you're not in flow? Mm -hmm. Well, being in the flow feels great. Not being in the flow doesn't feel good. So, you know, if you know, if you're getting doors slammed in your face on a regular basis or you know, you are not getting that that relationship. That relationship isn't working out. Or, you know, your job is not working out. You've got to take a look at it and be responsible. You've got to kind of get neutral and be in a place where you're not numb, but you're neutral. Kind of like when you're sitting in the car and your car is in neutral. It's not going. It's not stopped. It's just idling. And you need to take a look at your life from, a, from the fly on your – you have to be the fly on your own wall and look mm. at it and, and say, you know, what am I doing here? It, 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 is this really in my best interest or not? What's the messages that I'm receiving? And being honest with how it's going. And if you 
are pushing too hard at something that's not meant to happen right now. You said that earlier, right? You said, you know, sometimes things just don't happen right now. Then you come back and you revisit it. Or what do you need to tweak to to change it some? But if something isn't working, it doesn't mean to give it up. It means you got to take a look at it to adjust it, to tweak it, and maybe give it up and try something different. But when you're doing something and you're taking action in the right direction, you will know. It will feel good. And you will have those people with the flow of the river lending you a helping hand. But if you don't, they won't be there. Oh, I love that. I love that. That is just wonderful. And that's that's the kind of wisdom you get when you're working with Marilyn Shannon as a coach. So mm-hmm. we're going to talk about that a little bit later, too, because that's so important. Um, we'll talk about the coaching aspect. But I want to jump into this In Just One Afternoon book series. And I said at the top of the show that this uh, idea of a series fascinates me and it resonates with me because I do believe that we, the purpose of my life and the purpose of your life and every other purpose person's life is connected to uh, our purposes are connected so there's something about um, each of our journeys that if we were open enough to share would shorten the distance for the next person from where they are to where they want to be it would help them to get over a heartbreak or we all have these jewels inside of us and although they may not seem like uh Things like, oh, I'm not, you know, you wrote a book um, in just one afternoon and it's talking about the, the hearts of men. And you would say maybe on the, on the surface, oh, well, men's, a man's struggle is not a woman's struggle. But having that insight, having that insight as to how the interworkings of what's going on in the hearts of a man and the struggles and the triumphs makes for a better relationship, whether it's work relationship, um, intimate relationships, parent-child relationships, it just helps when we can understand each other better. So I'm passionate about this book series. I'm glad that you that you did it. But tell us in your own words, why did you do it? Why, why did you go set out on this journey and start this particular series? Well, I wanted to help people understand each other, just like you said. And there are marginal groups of people, individuals, that we don't get a chance to hear from or we don't hear their heart. We don't understand what has motivated them, where they've come from, the shoes they're walking in, who walked in their shoes first. We don't, we don't always know that story. And I'm passionate about people's stories. I've been passionate about people's stories forever. That is where we connect with our humanity. So will we have forgiveness? Will we find compassion, empathy, love? Even if we disagree, we find a way to disagree in that, in those stories, in a loving way. So in just one afternoon, the premise behind that is anything is possible. And it doesn't take much. If you were with me right now and I flipped my, my finger, like, you know, like snap my finger like I was listening to music, that's all it takes is a snapping for you to hear something in somebody that will completely change how you feel about an entire group of people. And it only in one afternoon, it doesn't take long. It it takes a nod, it takes a handshake, it takes a hug, it takes hearing something that you can connect with. And it doesn't it, you don't need a lot. You just need just one afternoon. And then 
listening into the hearts of someone is where we uncover their trueness. We uncover, you know, what has not been discovered yet or what they haven't even shared, their their humanity. So I love my the title. I don't take credit for it. I think it was totally downloaded because I remember where I was and how I felt when I finally came up with listening into the hearts of. So somebody years ago gave me the title in just one afternoon through an experience she had with something I did. She said, look at just, look at what happened in just one afternoon. And I was like, wow, it didn't take much for all this to happen. So I held on to it. And then listening into the heart of, I was looking for something that I could use to incorporate many different groups of people or an idea or a philosophy into. And that came. So that's what it is. So the first book is In Just One Afternoon, Listening to the Hearts of Men. And I started with men because, first of all, I was never very comfortable around men growing up. I had very strong male role models, and they scared me, and their energy scared me. And they were controlling, I thought. And I started coaching a lot of men. I coached women, kids, couples, families. But I started coaching a lot of men and seeing their trueness, seeing their compassion, seeing their needs, their their conflicts. And I'm like, wow, they're real people. They're not just this blob of energy that's here to control me or make or intimidate me. They're, they really want to know. And a friend of mine, when I asked what book I should start with, she said men. And I thought, yes, of course, I'll start with men. So I interviewed 22 men about their stories. And there, was, there wasn't any man that I approached. And I could have approached anybody on the street and asked them a question. And every one of them would tell me a story. So I had to make myself stop. And people ask me all the time, how did you get 22? All I did was ask them that one question, and it didn't have to be the same question. And I could have kept on going, and they loved sharing. They loved the fact that somebody truly cared and was interested and wanted to know. And I found men, all walks of life, willing to tell me about their sexuality, being bisexual, transgender, um, out of prison, in prison, drugs, not using drugs anymore, parenting, bad parent, good parent, but through it all, they showed their their humanness. And I felt that it was very important for men to see other men, understanding other men, sharing their emotion, and that it was okay. It was okay to be vulnerable. It was okay to be all these things. And what I came to find out was more women were reading the book than men, well, women were giving it to men. Men weren't used to reading those kinds of books. So w- women were getting it for them, but women really want to understand men. So it was very eye-opening for me, and it really um, was just fabulous seeing these men, lovely, juicy, kind men, and I see that in men now all the time. I see oh, no matter what a man huh? – go ahead, what were we going to say? Okay. I, I, no, go ahead. I, I want to hear that comment. Okay. You said you matter, well, matter I, 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 yeah, I don't see men in any way but that. 
this. And I know that they're sitting on something that may not be comfortable and that sometimes that thing that they're sitting on acts out. But that is not who they are and who they want to be down to their core. So, and of course, there may be a crazy man somewhere who, you know, just doesn't sit what I'm saying because there's always going to be that person who just is not well, really terribly unwell and just can't find themselves. But for the most part, they're juicy and they're lovely and, you know, I like them. <laughs> I, I like them. They're, <laughs> they're juicy because I mean, you think of men, you, you do think of this hard, rough exterior. And I got to tell you, I applaud you for... Uh, one admit, admitting your fear of men. I think a lot of women, oh, they're a bit of a mystery, men are. And um, I think for a lot of women, there is this little bit of fear in that type of uh, th- their approach to life, which is quite different right. a lot of times than the feminine energy. And that's necessary to balance everything out in the universe. But as you were saying, saying that, I thought, oh, how gutsy to start with your fear, you know, to write a book, first of all, and, and to write a book based on something, uh, an issue that you were afraid of. And it reminded me of this a speaker, Brian Tracy, who says, and I live my life by this, uh, eat the frog first thing in the morning. So the thing that you fear doing, uh, or that you, you know, may be a little bit distasteful for you, but you know, you got to do this thing to get to the next level. You do that first. Right. So I applaud you yeah. in writing the book. Thank um, you. You're welcome. Thank and you. I, I I encourage people to read the book because I like your format, the question process, and the fact that um, it is so necessary when we when we read these stories and we get to understand not just men, just all we're going to get to. You've written several of them, but um, when we read these stories about different groups of people, but for women to read about men and for men to be so vulnerable, because I do say that you have a knack for getting. Um, people just to open up on things that they may not have said uh, to other people, just to be really uh, transparent about those things. And it's, it's beautiful. So, but I encourage oh, people you. to really, you're welcome to really read, read these books and, and take from that, find that human, because men are humans. Imagine that, just like us women, right? Yeah. And I well, love that you, yeah. you said once in a while, well, you Javon, get somebody who's really off their rocker. Right, well, you know, the, the stories, you know, Yes, men scared me, but I have to tell you, writing scared me almost as much. And writing was not my first thing. I like to talk. I love to speak. I love to coach. Writing wasn't my thing, but writing has become a big thing for me because I'm seeing how with with practicing and, you know, that it works. And these stories are raw. They're real. They're not made up. These are people saying real things that... You know, and 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 in the way they say them, they're they're the way anybody would say them. They they haven't been touched up that much. I mean, spelling and a little grammar here and there, but they're raw. They're real. So you really do think, get a sense. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's the thing that makes them so impactful is that you have not tried to doctor it up and make it uh, more. Uh, industry standard is this is how that particular person was feeling about that particular topic and here it is and that is the humanness of it to me is to say oh my gosh yeah I can relate to it and I appreciate the fact that you didn't try to you know smooth it out so it'd be more appealing to the masses this is me or whomever that was and and their voice was valuable enough to you 
to not edit it out. Right, and I and I'll tell you, I um, it was every book. I I I feel that that's very important to get the 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 authentic person that I'm talking to. It's not about me, but what I do do in the books in all of them is I do explain some of the things that people said and give some light to what they might say. But every all of the books, all of the stories t- turn to hope. They show the yes. hope. They show the possibilities. They show the struggle, but then what happened and how it how it turns out. It's always it, it, all the stories are like that. It wouldn't it couldn't work if it was any other way. Oh gosh, I got to say something about that. But before I do that, I want um, because we're we're getting close. We still got some time left, but I want to save some time, some juicy time, as you say, towards the end, so we can yeah. talk about how people can work with you. Okay. But let's talk kind of quickly about the other books in the series okay. that are already published because it's a wonderful okay. series. Okay. So I. Okay, thank you. It, it is. I mean, and I, again, can't take credit. It's a gift. I mean, the universe plopped it in me, and I'm taking good care of it, I feel. So I am I published, the next one was about twins, obviously, an, in honor of my mother and my aunt, and they're fabulous stories about twins, uh, just all kinds of the crazy things you think about twins exist, but they are definitely role models for how relationships can be sibling rivalry, conflict resolution, um, all of it. I mean, they know how to love and be pissed off at the same time. So the twins is, and it's amazing when you interview one twin and then the other one shares almost the mirror image of what the other one shared and they weren't even in the same room. I interviewed a woman who didn't even know she was a twin. And when she found out what things that made sense and, I mean, just some some really amazing stories. And then the next one was Millennials and just one afternoon listening to the hearts of Millennials. And, you know, they're wonderful. I, I think, we, you know, we just need to listen past judgments, the news, to really see the core of people. And we have to take everything into consideration. Listen kind of like a tapestry. We need to listen to everything that we see and that we hear and, and results and that we make, we, then we can make up a good story and a judgment. And the, the millennials were wonderful, every one of them. And the only one that fit the kind of struggle would it be my stepson. You know, he doesn't want to work much. He could live in a basement or in a car. But he's a good guy. He's sweet, he's kind, he's loving, and that's what the millennials showed. The one I've just completed which has not been published yet, is in just one afternoon listening to the hearts of people impacted by opioid addiction. And I have family members. I have uh, recovered addicts. I have struggling addicts. I have a bunch of it in there. And I'm working on doing an opioid summit um, with that book. Then after that, I have uh, Black Fathers, in just one afternoon listening to the hearts of black fathers and I've gotten some phenomenal stories from phenomenal men who were just terrific black daddies. After that, it's families that have lost a child. After that, it's uh, divorcees. So I tried, I mean, I have others and I've worked on many of them. I have stories and I'm looking for more. I could write a million of these books. Just there's, there's a subject around every corner of a, of a group of people that get to be 
known, exposed. I want to do one on on swinging couples because oh. I don't know that much. Uh, well, I don't. And and somebody told me, do you know what it means when a pineapple is hanging out of somebody's house on a flag? I said, it's a flag with a pineapple. He said, no, they're a swinging couple. I said, well, who knew? I think, you know, I would love to know. <laughs> And I like to hang the flags out, so I got to be yeah. careful. <laughs> well, I would love to know why. Why does somebody do that? Why? And not as a judgment. I want to understand. It may not be my path, but there's a there's, it's a whole culture of people who do that. And I want to know why a woman or a man divorces somebody and leaves their children behind. Why? How come? And there are plenty of reasons for it that are not like they're not terrible, terrible people. They've been put into a situation that they have to do something. It's life or death. So when you bring these stories up, I believe that the we'll, we'll, we will be a much happier planet of people when we understand and we look at somebody and go, oh, I can't pass up. Oh, no, not going to say that about them because I don't know. Or, no, look how that person is acting, but I don't know their story. I don't know where they right. came from, you know? And that's very and important. Of, that's what I want to do. It takes, some, it takes some of that urge to criticize when you understand a little bit about someone's journey. It may be different. You may not choose that journey, but you can still say to yourself and to them and be respectful and say there is space on the planet for all. Right. And Mm -hmm. that doesn't have to be my cup of tea for me to appreciate that you have a right to live your life in the way that you would like to. So we have about uh, five minutes left and I'm grateful that we we, we got to this place right in this uh, time period, because I really want to spend some time talking about how you work with people. What is the ideal client um, for you and how people can get in touch with you? Because I I feel and this is not our first exchange, um, but. Um, just meeting you and talking with you, you have so much to offer and, and and guidance. And it'd be great for people who are listening, who are looking for that and needing that in their, at this point in their life to know how they can connect with you. And if working with you, if you're the kind, if they're the kind of client you're looking for. Well, thank you for that. Um, first of all, I, I say, listen with me. So I am a tool I have been practicing just like somebody who plays tennis really well. If you're going to play tennis with somebody who plays really well, they might play differently or better than you, but you can still play in the same court. So I say listen with me because we're going to tune in together. So my ideal client is anybody who wants to do that, anybody who wants to listen more into their life, whether it's their emotion, their relationship, their career, they want to create something new, something better, something, you know, more interesting, more adventurous. They want a new job. You know, the relationship's not working. I mean, I I have a, a, a little girl now I'm working with who's 12 years old. It doesn't matter. It does not matter. She has a soul. She has a heart. And I can make what I say, you know, or what comes through me or anything to to help fit the person I'm working with. So couples, I mean, I have a background in special ed. I taught special ed. I I was a superior court mediator. So if conflict arises, I'm okay. I work with couples that are in, you know, some kind of stress. So that's okay too, because I can jump around. 
I can dance around. So in business, I love working in all areas of business. I can work with somebody and helping them um, work their team, and I don't even have to know the people firsthand. You just tell me things, and I'll be able to help. So I can pretty much work with anyone doing anything. As long as they want to engage, we become partners. I become a partner in their life. And so when you are partnering with me, we work. Uh, we can work on Skype. We can work on Zoom. We can work on FaceTime. You can work in my office. I mean, it's any way that will work. And then once you work with me, you have the ability to connect with me anytime you want via text, phone, or anything. You can send me a message and ask me, what do I think about something? And I will return the the answer. And, you know, if something's going on in your life, you can call me, you can, anything. Once we're partners, then we're partners. I care about every part of your life and the things that you want to discuss with me. And it just works. And it's that's how I've always done it. When so we, we have engaged. about just one one minute left, and I don't want people to miss the opportunity. Can okay. you tell people how to connect with you if they want to contact Absolutely. you? How they do it? Absolutely. So you can email me at Marilyn M A R I L Y N at Marilyn Shannon S H A N N O N dot com. Uh, anything, a question, a comment, anything. Call me at nine one nine eight one nine eight nine eight one. I hear the theme music coming up. I will be sure to post that on my site. Follow me on Everyday Peace with Dr. Drayvon James on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. I thank you today for showing up as an Everyday Peacemaker. I absolutely love you. Thank you. Thanks for listening. This is Unity Online Radio the voice of an awakening world. I'm Victoria Moran. Since we launched the Main Street Vegan podcast back in 2012, lots more people have discovered the way that moving in a vegan direction can infuse our lives with vitality, spirituality, and compassion. My guests are experts on every aspect of making this work in your real life and our real world. Join us for Main Street Vegan here on mindbodyspirit.fm.